The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 359. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. You'll find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com, mcclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. When you do enroll, you get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. And of course, those that are enrolled in McClanahan Academy do get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. I will have another course coming out in the month of September. So you're going to want to be a member so you get that best deal. So just head on over to McClanahanAcademy.com. And of course, you can get that very good deal on the next course and that free course as well. I've also got 12 courses there for purchase. So if you want to support the show, you can get something great out of it, a great course, and of course, you keep this podcast free of charge. You can also go to brianmcclanahan.com, click on that support tab. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep these lights on, help keep the podcast going. You get a book plate if you want my autograph on one of my books. I've got a bunch of those too. I've got a new book out, Southern Scribblings. It's a great book, 60 Essays in Defense of the Southern Tradition. You're going to want that one. And you get my autograph on it if you get a book plate. You can also go uh, to brianmcclanahan.com, click on that shop tab, and you can get my Brian McClanahan Show logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Lots of great ways to support the show. Always share it around on social media. Rate it wherever you get your podcast. Help people think locally, act locally, because that's going to grow the show organically and hopefully change the world at one point, one small local step at a time. Because if we go from the bottom up, we make things change at the top, and that's an important thing. All right, well, let's talk about, uh, this is a listener-generated episode. I had somebody send me a couple of things about this, um, and I'm going to focus on one episode this week on the 1619 Project, again, uh, because it's it's been in the news a lot with Trump's uh, insistence that any schools teaching the 1619 Project are going to get docked federal funds, but I'm going to do that in another episode. This one is, has got to do with Louis Gohmert of Texas, who introduced a resolution back in July, so it's a couple of months ago, but back in July, canceling the Democrat Party, which is funny. Okay, look, I'm going to say this from the beginning. This is funny, because what he's doing is turning the left's tactics on themselves, and that is a funny thing to do, right? I mean, we all know that the progressive left are a bunch of hypocrites, that, you know, it's okay for thee, okay for me, but not for thee, right? It's, you know, I can go, if I'm Nancy Pelosi, I can go into a salon and get my hair cut without a mask, but anyone else that does that in San Francisco is going to get arrested. And they've arrested shop owners who have done this, but no, her salon has to stay open so she can go do this. And her thing was, well, I was set up and I didn't know you're in San Francisco. You're the proponent of all this idiotic legislation we've got the local level, all these decrees coming out from local officials that you can't go anywhere, you can't, you can't shop, you can't eat, you can't do stuff, you got to wear a mask at all times. They're the ones who have done all this stuff, and yet she ignores it. Why? Because she thinks she can. And this is a version, as I've talked about, 
of American liberty that is privileges when you get up to a certain level you get privileges you have liberties but everyone else doesn't so it's a different type of of American liberty coming out of Puritan Massachusetts and again David Hackett Fisher does a great job talking about this in his wonderful masterful book Albion Seed but I want to talk about this perspective I've had the, the Louis Gomer thing and also some questions about the Lincoln Project, which is the anti-Trump group, the never-Trumpers that have formed this Lincoln Project. And there's a lot of hypocrisy in that group as well. Uh, I mean, you've got it all over the place in that group. Of course, that's George Conway, who hates Trump, probably because Trump, his wife, uh, you know, likes Trump, and so he's going to be jealous. I mean, I think there's something to it there. And of course, the Conway's daughter hates Trump. I don't know if there's something happening. Mean, who knows what's going on there? But I think there might be something to that. A little bit of jealousy on that, on that way. And of course, Kellyanne Conway then has, has left the administration. But certainly, this is a big issue. You've got Rick Wilson with his Confederate flag uh, cooler, his son. And of course, that thing goes everywhere with him. But yet, you've got... The Lincoln Project, the Confederate flag, is the flag of treason. It's the flag of slavery. It's the flag of hate, whatever it is. I mean, you've got this stupid video, one-minute video they put out. I mean, it sticks with you. The Confederate flag is the flag of treason. Uh, and But you've got Rick Wilson with a Confederate flag everywhere he goes. So what is it, Lincoln Project? I mean, you can't have it both ways. This gets back to the idiotic position of people like Dinesh D'Souza and others where you have R is good, D is bad. There's a major problem with this. Now look, if we're looking at the modern political parties, if we're looking at these things, and we know that uh, most people just deal with the modern era and in their mind R is good, D is bad. When you start trying to throw in history and all this stuff, it gets really complicated. Now, the Republican Party today, and I've said this on a previous podcast, is the same Republican Party as it's always been. I don't think the Republican Party has changed much. The Democrat Party certainly has. If you go back and, I mean, look, the Democrat Party says that that's the party that Continual line back to Thomas Jefferson. You go all the way back to that. Of course, they called themselves the Jeffersonian Republicans or the Democratic Republicans. I mean, they did have the term Democrat. It was Jackson and that age that really gave us the Democrat Party. They say they go back. There's a lineage there. So if you are going to do that, then you have to own the history of the party. And, of course, the party, the Democrat Party at times, has been uh, a party that defended slavery it's a party that defended segregation. It did all of those things. In the 1960s, you saw the Democrat Party move away from that because they understood that votes were there to be had. Now, the Republican Party had long courted these people. And of course, you did have... Now, there's this myth that somehow all the old Democrats became Republicans. That didn't happen. Strom Thurmond, for example, he's one of the ones that's often shown. Well, Strom Thurmond was this guy. Strom Thurmond was Republican before... Uh, Almost anyone else that was an old Democrat became a Republican. Strom Thurmond was actually Republican early on. And when you look at the history of the Republican Party, it's not so clean on the issue of slavery and, of course, segregation or immigration or any of these things. 
that the Republican Party likes to champion. I mean, no, Dinesh D'Souza will say, no Republican ever owned slaves. Well, of course they did. Many Republicans owned slaves. I mean, this is a fact. But he's going to run around saying, no Republican ever owned slaves. No Republican ever supported slavery. No Republican ever did these things. This is completely false. If you look at Eric Foner's one good book, Free, Free Soil, Free Labor, Free Men, he talks about the racism of the Republican Party in the 1850s. I mean, it was very clear the Republicans were just as racist as the Democrats. In fact, in areas that were strongly controlled by the Republican Party, New England, for example, you had the origins of Jim Crow segregation. They actually called it that. They called it Jim Crow in Connecticut in the 1850s. Now, Jim Crow, I mean, Connecticut was under the control of Republicans in the 1850s. The Democrats didn't control the state. The Republicans did. And you had segregated rail cars. So if you were traveling from the South into Connecticut, this is where this worked. And you had, say, for example, a slave with you, uh, one of your body servants. That slave would be forced to go to the Jim Crow car and you with it if you wanted to stay with your body servant, your slave. This was, there's articles written about this in the newspapers of the 1850s and these kind of things happening. They called them the Jim Crow cars. This is before the 1890s and the Democrats. These are Republican-controlled states. So I could actually make a case that the Republicans created Jim Crow. That the Republicans were the more, were the more ardent segregationists and racists in the 1850s. I could make that case. The Democrats were less inclined. In fact, the Republicans called the Democrat Party the party of miscegenation which, of course, is the mixing of the races. That's what they called it. The Republicans called themselves the white man's party. So when Louis Gohmert stands up and makes this resolution where he's saying, look, everything that's named Democrat, any tie to the Confederacy, any tie to segregation, racism, it's got to come down. Well, that would destroy both political parties. There would be nothing there. This is why all of this stuff is just completely stupid. It's completely stupid because you can't change any of these things. I mean, if you want to change the names of the parties, call them the Nationalists and uh, the Progressive Nationalists or something like that. I mean, we could do that. But then we have to change everything. But to see that he's buying in, and I know he's doing it to be funny because he knows the left is never going to do this. He knows the left is hypocritical and it's, again, it's, uh, we have to cancel thee but not me. But see, that's not the point here. And I think the right does, the, does the, the conservative side a lot of injustice by playing this RD game. They do it because what's happening, they think that the average American voter is going to be like, well, you know, the Democrats, well, yeah, this is the party of slavery. We don't want to vote for them. We'll vote for the Republicans because they freed the slaves. The Republicans are keen on trying to attach themselves to Abraham Lincoln. Donald Trump has even done this. Look, I talked about his, his Lincolnian nationalist speech that he gave at the Republican nominating convention. It was, a, it was a great Lincolnian nationalist speech. He hit on all the points that he thinks are going to get other people that aren't Republicans to vote for the Republican Party, using historical examples. What they all miss, and I'm going to say this, and were the Republican Party, and then where they get into some dangerous ground with the Republican Party, and trying to continually attach themselves to the old Republican Party, what they all miss is the Republican platform itself when it comes to slavery. 
And I'm going to go back to the first two national platforms for the Republican Party, 1856 and 1860. Now, we have to understand that the Republican Party did not want to end slavery in the states. In fact, they said as much. They said as much. In their platforms. In fact, in 1856, this is the first resolution from the 1856 platform. It says, quote, that the maintenance of the principles promulgated in the Declaration of Independence and embodied in the federal constitution are essential to the preservation of our, of our republican institutions, and that the federal constitution the rights of the states and the union of the states must and shall be preserved. So here we have at the beginning, the union of the state, the rights of the states must and shall be preserved. Okay. Now, what's important about this is that they explain what they want to do. They don't mention slavery in the states. The rights of the states have to be preserved. The rights of the states have to be preserved. So when they get into slavery, this is what they say about it. Resolved that the Constitution confers upon Congress sovereign powers over the territories of the United States for their government, and that in the exercise of this power it is both the right and the imperative duty of Congress to prohibit in the territories those twin relics of barbarism, polygamy, and slavery. Okay, so they're saying in the territories Congress has the sole power to regulate slavery in the territories. Now, they did call slavery barbaric in 1856, right? But this only applied to the territories. The Republican Party also in 1856 said that uh, they wanted to extend a railroad to the Pacific Coast, that they wanted to have appropriations from Congress for federally funded internal improvements, These are the things they wanted. They wanted to spend money on unconstitutional money at that on these internal improvements. That's 1856, 1860. 1860, they say a lot of the same things. In fact, 1860, they said this, quote, that the maintenance and violate of the rights of the states, and especially the right of each state to order and control its domestic institutions according to its own judgment exclusively, is essential to that balance of powers on which the perfection and endurance of our political fabric depends. Now, what are they talking about there? Well, they're talking about slavery. So they're saying, look, you can have slavery in the states. We can't control that. We can't do anything about it. In other words, we're not going to abolish slavery. That's not what we're going to do. And we denounce the lawless invasion by armed force of the soil of any state or territory, no matter under what pretext, as among the gravest of crimes. Here they're saying, we're not going to send in the army to your state. 
That's a violation. It's a lawless violation of the Constitution. You see, so the history of these things gets a little bit murky. And this is why it's dangerous to play these games where R is good historically, D is bad historically. The other thing where they get into a problem with this, and I think it, it's, again, cutting their nose off in spite their face, despite their face, is the Democrat Party was certainly the party of decentralization over and over again. I mean, they made this clear. Nobody believed, I'll say this, not many people believe the Republicans that they wouldn't do these things, that they would not eventually overrun the states, because if you look at the other things they wanted, which was a post-road, federally funded internal improvements, central banking, homestead legislation, all of these things which are unconstitutional. It was thought in only a matter of time, it would only be a matter of time before the Republicans would do other things that were unconstitutional. But this is where the Dem- I mean, criticizing the Democrats historically for the conservative side is wrong. I mean, we can all say in, 20, in 2020, I mean, this is not a bold thing to say that we're against slavery in 2020. We're against segregation in 2020. This is not a bold thing to say because I don't know of many people that would say something else. I mean, this is just, okay, yeah, great. You're, I mean, I denounce these things. Wow, I just saved the world. Who doesn't denounce these things in 2020? Right? Well, I, I mean, I guess some people wouldn't. But who really doesn't denounce these things in 2020? That's all for political show and posturing. But when we attack the Democrat Party of the, of the 19th century, we're also attacking that decentralist lineage that's so very important for conservatives in the 21st century. The Democrats weren't all wrong in the 19th century. We can say they were wrong about slavery. We can say they were wrong about the issue of race in the early 20th century, in the late 19th century. We can say they were wrong about these things. But what we can't say they were wrong about is the growth of the general government and the evils that would come from that. You see, when you attach yourself to the Republican Party and it's just Lincoln all the way, you're attaching yourself to a Hamiltonian, nationalist, Lincolnian vision of America, and that is where you get big spending, foreign wars, unconstitutional legislation. I mean, both parties believe in this stuff. This is the major problem that we have. We have both parties that are Lincolnian nationalists. One is a uh, is a, maybe a little bit stronger on it than the other, but they're all Lincolnian nationalists. We really don't have an opposition anymore. The Democrats in the 19th century at least offered an opposition to that. And we can say that you know one of the things that they were opposed to, one of the issues that why they were opposed to it, was wrong. But regardless, this is when we talk about you know, what's true and valuable in the Southern tradition. What is that? It's not slavery. It's not race. That's not the true and valuable part of it. But certainly the opposition to the central authority, to that adherence to the original Constitution, to local government, to the things that would work today to arrest some of the problems that we have in America, that's what's true and valuable about it. And when you just champion the Republican Party and say, well, Lincoln, I mean, Lincoln believed, the Republican Party didn't believe in this stuff. They could put it in their platform. But they were certainly saying these things because they were just worried about the territories, federal, ter- federal property in their mind. And this is an open debate. Can, could the Congress regulate slavery in the territories or could they not regulate slavery in the territories? That was the big issue. This, I've, I've done a complete show on this 
why slavery. I've got my McClanahan Academy courses on this. If you want to take and go into more depth, I get into this in more detail. But the, the, the fact is, by denouncing the 19th century Democrat Party, just across the board, the innovations that they made in the Confederate Constitution were superb when it came to the powers of the general government. They were really good. These are things that we should look at. Their belief in the Jeffersonian political economy was good. Their belief in decentralized powers was good. Now, I know some people would try to you know, attach Lincoln to that and Jefferson to Lincoln. I mean, the Republicans did it. We're the Republicans are the party of Washington and Jefferson. And because, you know, they use the Declaration. I mean, this is what they're trying to do. And people like Herbert Storing and others have tried to say that Lincoln was the embodiment of the Anti-Federalists. Lincoln was the embodiment of the Jeffersonians. This was, this was the attempt in Michael Holt's book on the Whigs where he says, look, the Whigs in many ways were national Republicans. They were just Jeffersonians with a little different slant to them. I mean, uh, there is some truth to that, okay? But regardless, when you start denouncing the Democrats just wholesale and you just start going with Republicans and we're, when the Republicans are this, Republicans are good, no Republican ever owned a slave, false. No Republican was a white supremacist, false. When you do that, you undermine your own position. And not only that, you make yourself look like a fool. You actually play into the hands of the other side because they can point these things out. You'll see the Republicans were always the party of white supremacy. It was the Democrats that weren't. Well, the Republicans say, well, yeah, they were, because this is this. So see, in reality, I mean, the 1619 Project is actually on to something when they say that, you know, America was, uh, in a way, you know, always in the founding period was always a racist place. I mean, this is true. We, there's, there's no question about that. We, they weren't 21st century Americans. The danger of that, of course, is that they want to, you know, start at 1975, and you can't have any of these people have any value in American society. That's where you get to that problem. But see, the Republicans are playing into this, too. The people that Speaker Pelosi took out of the House that were former speakers of the House, R.M.T. Hunter and Howell Cobb, these were important individuals, intelligent men, and they, had, they said a lot of right things about government and political economy, not slavery, but, of course, uh, the balance of agriculture and industry and the powers of the central authority and all of these things that we could find value in, but yet we can't because we're canceling everything. And Gomert is just... I mean, I know, I know he's doing it to be funny, but there's probably a, some, you know, he wants to do this because he thinks, well, if we cancel the Democrat Party, then nobody's going to vote for the Democrats. Everybody's going to see the Republicans as always the good guys. Well, I can show you quote after quote after quote coming from Republicans that you would say, oh, my gosh, that, that's what these people really thought about race. The fact that Jim Crow was born in Republican controlled Connecticut or New England. I mean, is this what you want to champion? So history is messy. We can't really do that. I mean, if you want to say now, there's no party that's dedicated to slavery or white supremacy. Neither one is. Neither one is. I mean, this is, this is a false dichotomy that's being created in America. You can't, you can't find that. And I think that's the major problem that we have in American societies. We're trying to play this false dichotomy, R&D. They're both the same. They're both Lincolnian nationalist parties. There really isn't an opposition party. And the, when the Republicans play the Lincolnian nationalist game, they're destroying traditional American conservatism in America, uh, which is you know, decentralist. 
the original Constitution, limited powers, a general government for commerce and defense only. And the commerce is not that you can do anything you want to do in the name of commerce. They're destroying all of that. This is a problem that we have. So the Dinesh D'Souza's, the neoconservatives, the Louis Gohmert's, all of these people that want to run around with R and D dichotomy. And the Democrats play the same game, and then they try to zing each other. Hey, gotcha, gotcha. This is where this stuff turns into a major catastrophe for anyone interested in decentralization, on the left or the right. I mean, you've got people on the left that are talking about California secession if Trump wins. Well, if you start saying we're going to have a Lincolnian America, that can't happen. That can't happen. The left can't exist in their own way either. They can't do it. You see, because you have to crush that. You have to. That's all. That's treason. That's dissent. The left buys into that narrative. So does the right in many ways when they want to take down Confederate statues and these things. I mean, it's all just ridiculous nonsense. We really don't have any real issues. Who knew again that history will be on the ballot in 2020? But that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about the. The oppressive federal debt that we've got now, which is a major catastrophe waiting to happen. We're not talking about real issues. The fact that Trump uh, in foreign policy, I mean, this is something that's important. All the peacekeeping that's going on in the world right now, if you go with Biden, you're going to see more progressive interventionism. You're going to see more wars. The fact is the Trump administration has been doing a pretty good job in trying to keep America out of these things. Nobody talks about that because we're talking about Confederate statues. Ridiculous. Confederate statues should just be there. They don't do anything. They're just there. But yet we've, we've turned everything in that direction because the left knows they can deflect from real issues by doing this stuff. So, regardless, uh, that's my position on Louis Gohmert. And again, this is a listener-generated episode. People have asked me about the Lincoln Project. It's ridiculously stupid. Uh, I mean, some of the stuff they do is just so hypocritical in that false dichotomy of R&D, and then you've got all this other stuff happening. It, it has to stop. If the right wants to really uh, play on their strengths, that's not their strength. You're basically giving in to the left on these things. Uh, they need to be talking about decentralization, local action, things that can happen, uh, that you can change, strict economy, all of these things that can help save the United States in the future, but yet they're not going to do it. They're just, they can't do it because they think these are all losing political positions. I don't think they are, but the left, the, the, the neoconservatives and people like the Lincoln Project certainly think they do and certainly think they are. All right. I'll see you next time with the Brian McClanahan Show. See you tomorrow.